This latest podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Focal USA and the Council on Queen West. Also, be sure to register your email address on our website, centerofusenation.com, for all our weekly updates directly to your inbox. Welcome to this podcast of the Center of Nation. This is your host, Pat LaRusso. I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Sino. Anthony, how are you doing? Yeah, I've been better. It's been uh, it's been a rough uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks since I got back from vacation. Um, not personally, but like as a Leaf fan, um, it seems like it's just been a gong show since I got back. You're hearing it from every every person. You know what's going on, what's wrong. A lot of stop and chats, a lot of text messages that I don't want to get. Uh, I want to get text messages from ha- uh, like that are that that are funny and kind of good banter as opposed to answering and uh, about what's wrong with the Leafs and stuff like that. So uh, it's been, it's been okay, but um, it could be better. And it would definitely start getting better if these guys started playing well, but we'll get into that. How have you been buddy? Uh, Not bad. You know what? It's just, I don't know what to think of this team. And, and I know people are, you know, have thrown it out on multiple occasions. This is kind of how they started last year. And to be completely honest, it's actually kind of funny uh, one of our really longtime followers sent me a DM, I believe it was this past weekend or the weekend prior, where he's like, isn't this the weekend that the Leafs lost to Pittsburgh 9-1? And I, and I remember it vividly because I was on a college or a college uh, reunion trip to Kingston, Ontario. And that Saturday night, I just remember looking at the TV and just like, okay, I just need to have an extra adult pops tonight and, and just enjoy the rest of the evening. Because it was just a gong show, right? So, I don't know. If you didn't care, then you're not a fan, right? I think that's where we're all at at this point. Like, we clearly care enough. I don't care what spectrum you are on the, on, you know, from the ultra negative to the ultra positive. At the end of the day, we all genuinely care about this team. We all want to see it succeed. Um, you know, some of us have a little bit different ideas on it. But for me, like, the longstanding issue I've had, and we'll, you know, we'll obviously discuss it further into the podcast, is the inconsistency or actually funny enough I, when I say that I, I need to correct myself but it's the consistency of playing down or up to competition that seems to have bitten this team uh, to start this latest season um, but you know we're going to do something a little bit differently for this week's podcast um, we're going to send it to Anthony to kind of lead the conversation and discussion um, so Anthony have at it so um, I'll just preface this quickly before we get into like I basically I kind of wrote out all my thoughts I called it the burn book um, I don't know if anyone's been familiar with uh, the mean uh, me, the movie with Lindsay Lohan and uh, oh my god Rachel McAdams the mean girls movie they, they have a burn book about everyone uh, at their high school I believe and and I'm calling this my least burn book some of it's good but basically just wrote down all my thoughts uh, just on what's happened over the last few weeks. And I want to get your thoughts on it, Pat. But uh, before we go into that specifically about the team, I do want to touch on something that kind of steps outside of hockey and speaks to the type of people that we, that we try to uh, uh, want to be right. And, and the people that we want to uh, 
focus on and in on leafs twitter specifically and we want to be at at the forefront good people right and we saw something that didn't really uh resemble that um over the last 24 hours or so at the time of this recording we there's a a gentleman who uh wrote uh, or sorry quote tweeted something regarding kyle dubas's job and this guy replied to one of the famous uh a, a famous woman on leafs twitter grandma doobie who was Kyle Dubas's grandmother, and recorded what a three-minute, two-minute video on his thoughts on why he thinks uh, Grandma Doobie's grandson should be fired. And I know Pat that you have some pretty passionate thoughts on this. I do as well. Uh, but it's just we don't want to be seeing that. It's unfortunate to be seeing that. But let's throw it to you first and uh, and, and get your thoughts on the whole terrible situation. Let's call it. Yeah, I, I struggle with, I understand that the fan base is angry. You know, we're the butt of a lot of jokes, the 1967s, I know, it's it's tiring. Um, you know, and we definitely all want to see this team do well. But to take a professional criticism and make it personal is where I, 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 I have to draw the line. And it's not even that he, quote, tweeted, say something that Kyle Dubas said is he went for the family. And that's where I find it to be very distasteful because he made it an attack against the grandmother. Like he repeatedly says, your grandson, your grandson. And then it becomes like this thread of like his replies to some people's replies to his videos. And it just came across as cringeworthy. Like you don't have to like the job that someone is doing. And, and Kyle Davis has opened the door to many fair criticisms. And, you know, we've tried to, over the last few weeks, you know, try to kind of deaden some of the tired narratives. But Kyle Davis has his criticisms. Every GM does. No, no GM wins every trade. No GM, you know, is, is flawless in every decision that they make. And it is what it is. It's, it's human nature. No one's perfect. But what I personally don't like is the attack against the family. Like, I don't like, and it, it, it's, it, it's this new thing that people like to do and, and it's, it's for immediate likes and, and social media interactions. And it's like, it's the whole look at me. I just, I don't know. I, I, I've never been the type of person unless, you know, provoked, will I go at someone? Um, but to make it so personal is where I, I was like, you may want to delete that video. Like that would have been my, like, I don't know what he was thinking in the moment that he posted it, but when you, the immediate response from logical, objective people is take this shit down. It's offensive. You come across as cringe. You've passed every boundary that a fan should cross. I don't care that she exposes herself on social media. She's the, one of the nicest people on social media, very friendly, you know, she's she a likes, grandma. Like she, she's, a she's grandma. a grandma. She, she, she's, yeah. she, she has not, I don't think she has, she's on there because I, what my guess is, is she's on there because one of her grandkids said, Oh, grandma, like, look at Twitter. Like they show caught, they show her grandson on, on the video. Yeah, and, and she's and, funny. And, and, and she, and she just, not the, like, she's not harmless. threatening. The, the, she's the, harmless. The, the word is harmless. The word is yeah, harmless. Like she's that, not threatening. She's harmless. She's funny. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes I like some of her tweets post games when they don't play well. Like, it just, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's 
become this like cesspool. And I remember a few years ago, a few people from a particular cross section of the fan base got docs because of some of the homophobic and racist tweets that they were posting. And it's like, guys, like, come on. Like, we have to have evolved as humans. We have to have, have to have evolved in what's common sense. And what I find the most disheartening is those that come with the most courage and begin those attacks are always those with the anonymous avatars. It's like, if you truly believe this, put your name, put your face to that comment and stand by it. You know, that ain't going to happen, though. But that's the point, right? So, like, how can you, how can you, with a straight face, say, I want to hold Kyle Dubas accountable? But you're not willing to hold yourself accountable by putting your face and your name to your comments. So accountability seems to only go one way with a certain cross-section. Sorry? The issue is, the, the thing that I just found, uh, sorry, that I just found that, like, look, we all care. We wouldn't be here. This podcast doesn't exist if we didn't care. We, everyone is here. The, 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 the fan base doesn't, the, the sheer number of people that follow this team is the best example of we care the most because this team has in, in the, not saying that anyone has to come own this all completely for the, the, for historical reasons, but this team has given every fan a reason to leave, but yes. we're still here. And what I'm thinking when I'm seeing this video is, is like, man, I live and breathe this team. But like, I would never, you couldn't, you couldn't, I don't think a game seven, like, I'm just thinking of the worst case scenario, like that 4-1 loss, blowing a 4-1 loss in the third period. Imagine that, like that happened in the first round. Imagine if that was a Stanley Cup, right? That's probably the most heartbreaking way that you could, like, you're right there and you, and you can get it and you have it get ripped from you. Even at that point you have to ask yourself, do I do, am I that crazy to make a video tag the GM's grandmother and basically call for her, his job? No. And this video comes out after, uh, after the first 10 games of, of the season. So it just speaks to what you're saying, Pat, about it's cringeworthy. It gave me like just, shadow living in a basement type vibes of like doesn't like doesn't really not really socially aware of like what you're doing no and, I, but but anthony i don't i think that that's taking him off the hook i think because because no, well, i know this but it is and it's I a, it's say a this, criticism it's a criticism but it's, to, to but not it's, be socially aware no no but i believe he knew because I, he he was a long-standing follower of us, and I remember having interactions with him one to two, even three years ago when we first launched. And he wasn't this way. I think what he saw with, I'm not going to give this person any more credence than he needs or any more um, promotion than he already gets. But there's a certain cross section of this fan base that went pure negative. And I think he saw, this guy saw the interactions, was like, oh, maybe I can be part of the quote-unquote cool group. 
because it, it this turn is only happened within the last two years. Yeah. Right. So There's, it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's concerning. It, it's concerning, right? Like it's it's looking for attention on social media. It's the look at me, right? It's the same as that guy earlier on, or was it at the after the playoffs last year where he wrote like that thread about oh I'm giving up my season's tickets. I don't know why I do this. It's like, come on, man. No one get like I'm gonna curse again. No one gives a shit that you gave up your season's tickets. You're doing like he did that fully for social media interactions. Like, and you're an adult. Like, don't go. Clearly, if if you not renewing, it's like I take it back to like I used to work in in the food service industry. And I remember being told that an angry customer isn't the one you really need to worry about. It's the apathetic client that doesn't complain, right? Because that that guy just won't come back. Yeah, Yeah. they just don't come back, right? So clearly the guy cares enough about the team and wants it to do well. So if you want it to do well, right? Have the, like, you and I have had this debate and we've had it across our team. You know, there's fair criticisms that can be tossed at this team. But when you're doing it for social media interactions and you're you're going to like the umpteenth level of disgustingness, I just, you lose me. Talk about the real issues that are, that's impacting this team, like how they play down or up depending on who they're playing up in a particular game. That's a fair criticism. You know, talk about how some of the guys haven't turned up. That's a fair criticism. Why Austin Matthews is shooting below, you know, his his regular like his, his his average. That's a fair criticism. You know, why is Morgan Riley coughing up the puck, or why is Mitch Marner coughing up the puck at the blue line? Fair criticism. But some of this other st- noise, just for likes and retweets, and I, I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we retweet it, because that's what some of these people hope that we do. It's, it's, it's that it's on the flip side. Well, I guess not. No, you kind of mentioned it, but like, it's also the people that are, let's just call them the staunch defenders of the management team, the low, like the, the everything, like not the team can do no wrong. Like they're just more, they're more Uber positive. I, I, I don't, I, I will, I won't criticize anyone or like no one's an idiot for thinking on either side. I'm going to say, if you're like an, a, a completely negative person about this team, like, I don't think you're an idiot. If you're completely positive, I also don't think you're an idiot, but the people that are uberly positive, there, there's an, like, there's an interesting cross. There's an interesting cross section here where it's like the people that are uberly positive are out there on Twitter looking for the uberly negative tweets and they're like, the, like the, are you like what it's are the you same coin it's the two sides of the same Pat, coin. I, Pat, I'm, I don't want to get into like the the flip side of this comparison but like I've I've recently noticed this a lot is I honestly think that this team has become so big the 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 this uh, discourse around the team is because everyone's involved in it even if you're not a Leaf fan you're not a Leaf fan you love to see the this team burn you're talking about it. You're asking questions. You're antagonizing other Leaf fans. You're, it's become so large of a topic. I'm comparing it to American politics. 
now we don't have to get on like i'm not trying to get and talk about american politics but like i'm getting the same vibe when the last president was in office like it was non-stop like everyone has an opinion people are talking about yeah it's very this, polarizing the least it becomes very it's polarizing uber, uber and polarizing but like everyone's got a thought now everyone even if you're not watching the game there's like pat i talked one of my lifelong friends my my dad and him are my my dad and his dad are best friends i've also known this guy for a very long time we're watching the game sunday and he's like texting me and he's like oof like like make it like uh, clearly giving me hints that he's watching the game i'm like and we're both also football fans right and the bills and the packers are playing and I know that he likes to watch the Bills too. And I'm like, are you seriously watching this Leafs Ducks game on a Sunday night when I know that the Bills and Packers game? And he's like, and his direct response is like, why would that trigger you? And I was like, like I've been right, it does. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, it just speaks to my point of like people. He's a Habs fan, by the way, but people are waiting for something to blow up because they're and the Leafs fans that are freaking out are fueling that discussion and the Leafs fans that are being overly positive are also fueling that discussion because they're going out to search for the negative shit and they're like well 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 this this and that well it's just I guess it just to kind of sum up this entire thing is that you want everyone's entitled to an opinion but let's keep it civil and for sure for the love of everything that is like right and just don't go at players families gm's family coaches family anything like that that's disgusting and especially like an 80 plus year old woman right she 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 has no she doesn't deserve this right she's she's there to watch her son do a job and have fun with it she doesn't need to hear your garbage it's pathetic and uh we we're just not not going to condone that and that's never something that i want to see again on on leaf's twitter i'm hoping for that no most definitely i think we need to stamp it out and i think it's just we can't continue to amplify these voices and and we just need to try and stamp out and set a higher bar for how we interact with each other and how we interact with the players the management and their families like we can't be reducing ourselves to the lowest common denominator would kind of be my final thoughts on on that topic all right Perfect. So thank you for those, those thoughts, Pat. Um, now we're going to move on to the next topic, which is actually what I think that the video uh, was quote tweeting in his reply to Grandma Doobie. Um, it's what I'm going to call a manifesto, but it, the, the page is titled Why Kyle Dubas Needs to Be Fired. And he has, I don't even know if it's a he, sorry. So this person has four points, four, four sections on this page labeled winning in the playoffs to contend for the Stanley Cup, drafting, trades, and other. Those are the four uh, uh, sections that this person touches on. And I'm not going to read out the entire thing, but it, it essentially gives four pillars of the reason why Kyle Lewis needs to be fired. And completely, it's just hilarious at the amount of spelling mistakes on here. Um, the dismissal of draft picks that aren't even 22 years old yet and haven't been had their chance to make it to the league. That's one of the reasons Kyle Dubas has been fired. 
the trades, which we could talk about, but I don't think we need to rehash everything. I think what I want to really focus on on this, Pat, and I'll, I'll pass it to you in a second, is that, like, we are, we are falling back on the lazy narratives at times of when the team loses, and I really hope that that stops at one point. Just, like, look, this team has played, like, absolute garbage for two and a half weeks now, and the record, and the record shows it. But for, like, why, uh, why in this town does it always feel like we fall back on your defense sucks, goaltending is an issue, they took a big risk on goaltending. Like, people are going back to the same old garbage. Because they're it's easy to digest. To, they, they're not drafting well. The, like, it's, I don't, it's, it's so, I can't even get my thought up. People are very frustrated of at this team and they're and they want Dubis to wear it all. And the, the, the funny thing is, is that he's only been here for four years. I don't think the Leafs have had a GM for, or, or maybe it's a coach. I forget what it is, but like people seem to forget how bad it was. The salary cap era up until six or seven years ago has been an absolute tire fire for this organization. You think the jokes are bad now, right? The joke about this team now is, oh, win around. They're, they're soft and they're, they're, they don't know how to win in the playoffs. Like, those are the chirps now. From, do people forget what they were before? Didn't make the playoffs in 10, in, in 10 years. Um, constantly, uh, uh, 18-wheeler falling off a cliff. Like, I'm a Juventus fan. And the common theme that people are talking about now, Pat, is that, or a common message that is being put out now is that Juventus has basically fallen off a cliff, right? As a soccer team in Italy. And a lot of the fan base is calling it the banter era. And the banter era means that like, I think essentially you're the butt of every joke, any joke that's coming or could be made on, on soccer Twitter, on anything goes towards Juventus. Juventus is in the banter era. Toronto is not in the banter era. We were in the banter era, right? From the years of 2005 to 2016. That was our banter era. So do you want to go back to that? Because I don't. That's not something that I, I'm not willing to not make the playoffs every year and like have no hope and just know that my team is misowned and mismanaged and incompetent people that are coming in and spending money ridiculously and it just seems like like we were the biggest name in hockey but also the worst like the worst run organization in the league that that's the banter era for me so I guess I'll throw it to you Pat and just give me I want I want to get your thoughts on why do you think we people are not not we sorry other people in this fan base and the media specifically are continuing to push the lazy narratives because it's easy to digest right it's it's you don't have to there's no critical thinking if you parrot something over and over and over again right you don't have to think you don't have to do the research like look at mark specter talking about how you know dubis doesn't acquire grit and he you know he only acquires soft skill like 
three of the four guys that he mentioned in his tweet that he, that Kyle Dubas let walk, quote unquote, he acquired, and they all had grit, right? And there was no mention of Muzzin, no mention of Bogosian, you know, no mention of Nick Felino. And we've mentioned this on this podcast. Where Kyle Dewis has gone wrong is when he went to acquire grit. Not when he's gone out to acquire skill, right? Like, look at every trade. The guy's made, what, 42 trades, if not more, in his time in Toronto now? And mm-hmm. he's probably lost, what, two? And the yeah, one he was kind the, of forced the, into? The, the Kadri trade and the Foligno trade. Yeah. Like the Matt Murray one, it is what it is. It's going to probably turn out to be a wash potentially. Well, the Matt, well, the Matt Murray one was impossible to lose. You didn't give anything up. You got a no. third round pick. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like that's another thing. We could get it to goaltending if we want. There was some shit on overdrive being said today that was absolutely preposterous. But, but that's but that's but the but that's I, the problem, right? Like I big and the thing is, what you have to realize this too is we live in this information era, but no one's using the information. It's like you get people, oh, stats don't matter. Points don't matter. How do you win hockey games if goals don't matter? And if you look at the series that they lost against Boston, go have a look. The least out hit Boston. Yep. It's not, it's, it's not like. And really the series that they lost that they were dominating, like the series against Montreal where I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Toronto actually outscored Montreal, but just because of the overtimes, they ended up losing the series. That, a, that, that would have been that and the Tampa series. I think right? they, both, they outscored both. Yep. Right? So hitting has never been an, like an issue. It's they lack scoring. They didn't win in overtime, not because they didn't lay a body check, because they couldn't find a freaking goal in overtime. It's, it was, it, it's just like... But it's easy, Anthony. It's easy. People don't want to think. Like, look at Mark Mark Spector's tweet. Look how many likes it got. It's I'm, I'm, factually I'm, I'm wrong. At, it's factually incorrect. It right it's incorrect. It's disingenuous. Same thing with Tracos from the Toronto Sun, talking about how oh look yeah. at how Boston and their core took took you know great deals. No, they didn't. Bergeron's eight-year contract was when the salary cap was at $69 million. He took almost 10% of the cap. Even less. No, it was 69. Yeah. Again, like that's that's another thing too, is that people keep bringing up this salary cap thing. And look, I'll I'm gonna touch on a on a, one of the players' contracts at the end of this podcast because I do want to touch on them, but I'll just say it now. When I'm criticizing, like, for example, Mitch Marner for the way that he went about his contract negotiation, that's not criticizing the salary cap that he got. That was, I'd be criticizing how Mitch went about it in the media. The salary cap thing is just like very simply, like, it's just, it's very simply laid out for everyone. When all these teams sign their big guys, the teams that have had perennial success over the last decade, Tampa Bay, uh, Chicago to a certain degree, right? The back half of the decade was bad, but like Chicago, Pittsburgh, Boston, all LA. these teams, LA, all these teams that had perennial success, they signed their guys to, to deals 
and the cap went up significantly in the years after those deals were signed. And I'm mainly talking about Boston and uh, Tampa's guys on their first deals. And Colorado right? as well. Uh, Colorado kind of like, like they, they, they operate, they signed their big guys under a flat cap, like Ranton and McCart, like those guys, like it was known that the flat cap was, but they coming. fell back into well, Nate McKinnon's contract. They fell backwards into that one because he didn't produce yeah, until after he signed it. Yeah. So that, so that's like one example for Colorado, but I'm talking about like, like the Boston Marchand deal, Bergeron deal, like 7 million and six point something or whatever. Like those deals are signed when the caps like in like, under 79 million under 70 million and then in the years that the Leafs are playing Boston the cap goes up another 9 million 10 million dollars right the Leafs literally signed all their core guys and the cap stayed flat for four years so it I don't blame Dubis for not forecasting a freaking global pandemic I just don't and if you want to hold that against him point point uh point that criticism in the right direction so don't say Dubis got Dubis is a, a soft nerd calculator boy. He got bullied in negotiations and and that's why the Leafs are screwed. Like that's not a criticism because he he gave him those deals with the assumption that the cap was going up. What you could criticize him for, and what is something that I'm could I'm beginning to learn to accept is that he's stuck with this core knowing that the cap would be flat for the next few years after year after years of playoff failures. Right. So Kyle has kind of married himself to these four, like these four guys, mainly the three guys, Neilander, Marner, Matthews. And he's done this, even though the intentions were to be operating under a larger cap, over time, he's known that the cap's been flat. He could have moved them if he if he wanted to. But that but, doesn't it go back to the magic beans theory that you know we can get a bag of magic beans. Like, fine, let's no, no, trade no, Neiman, but what are you absolutely. getting? Yeah, absolutely. And and there's all and like it's a very convoluted uh, topic because there's teams that have made big changes. Like again, we 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 always talk about a pack. Change for the sake of change, it, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. But if you're saying, okay, this hasn't worked, we need to change, and by this I mean the playoffs, then if it's not changing, or like if you want to change for a reason, that also doesn't guarantee you a different result. So it's at the end of the day, guys, hockey is a game where it's just like sometimes like the like the bounces won't go your way or and there's reasons for for losses in every year, right? We can go back to it. The Columbus year, it was the star players that didn't show up, right? The the uh, Montreal year, the star players didn't show up again. Back to back years, you lost to an inferior opponent. Mm-hmm. This year or th- this past year, it's um it's the depth guys that fail you. So we're we're focusing on did this GM screw over the franchise? He didn't screw over anybody. He's operated better than any GM that this team has seen in my lifetime, probably. Right. But people, the problem is, and I, I, I kind of want to get into 
I'll, I'll trans I'll use this as a transition to get to 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 speak on Keith as well is that this team has become unlikable. And I say that because they're an uber talented team who, like you're saying, Pat, consistently are playing down to their competition. And the difference between the Pat Quinn era and the uh, nine and the early '90s Leafs is these guys just haven't been able to find the right mix like those other teams in the past have. And what those other teams in the past had that this team doesn't is their talent. They're sorry, their, their lack of talent, but also their willingness to work harder in a game that um, what's the word tailors to this markets like so the Quinn Leafs it was Sundin and basically a bunch of ragtag guys McGill they had they brought in guys McGillney and all all the some other skilled players but they also had the tough guys and I think what glorifies a team like that is they made is they made playoff runs right we aren't talking about this team's unlikability if they even won a single round in the last six years. We're not. We literally are not. But they haven't. So they have to now people pick at the carcass. And they're picking and they're saying, oh, this guy, this guy was threatening offer sheets. This guy, he he dogs it on, he he doesn't manage the puck well. This guy doesn't play defense. This guy won't make hits. They're they're picking at the carcass of this team because they haven't won yet. And it's made everyone kind of unanimously feel like they're just unlikable. But the main reason is, is that they play down to their competition. Like I said earlier, so I want to get your thoughts, Pat, on first, before we get into Keith, actually, I want to get your thoughts on why do you think this team's unlikable? Is it the same reason that I'm saying about the play, like, uh, like the constant, a neat, like feels like the like there's no life in the team type thing on nights is that why you think that they're unlikable or do you think it's because we've seen them be so great at times and we're wondering why can't you do that like every night or something like that i think it's a combination of everything like i think it's a combination of and we've spoken about this on this podcast is this group has been given everything that they have asked for from the moment that mike babcock was fired Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are have essentially been joined at the hip. I forgot to mention that. That's a great sorry. Right? So and then you look at some of the other things, right? Like the attitude, like the whole Mitch Marner doing that really weird goal celebration in the game against the Coyotes when the fans have been dogging them all game. Not a good look, my friend. You know, then you add like the contract issues and like it is, it is weird to me that a team that has been given, like, it's that old expression, right? Too much has been given, much is expected. You've been given everything, you know, from music during practice. And it sounds insignificant, and but when you're not winning, it becomes an easy narrative to attack. Oh, you know. It's become a country club atmosphere, at, you know, during practices. Not, not or, easy, Pat. It, it's, it's a valid criticism. And it, no, and but, it, no, and no, it does but really, if they're, criti- no, 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 but, but here's the issue with that, is if they're winning, 
it's a non-factor. So that's what I mean about it being. Yes. An, right. So winning becomes this cure-all over all the Leafs issues. But the second part of that, which I think is just as important, is no team has ever won, ever won 82 games. What we're expecting is seeing a team that's going to put themselves in a position with their talent level to potentially win all 82 games. There's a difference. No one's expecting them to go 82 and 0. But can you give me 82 games? And we know there's still, you know, there's there's going to be games when, you know, at the end of a road trip where you're just not going to have your legs or, you know, maybe you had a heart fought game 1 and then you have a, a you know, a back-to-back, you know, scenario where you just don't have it the, the second thing. That's different. But when you look at the Leafs schedule and you're like, okay, they're playing Montreal, it's going to potentially be an off night, or it's more likely than not, it's going to be an off night. Oh, they're playing Phoenix or Arizona, it's going to be another off night. And then, oh, they're playing Boston, ah, win. There's a 70 to 80% chance that they're going to come in and completely clobber Boston. That's not what you want to see from a team that is this talented. Right? Like, that's how I look at it. You give me the effort with your talent because the other old adage goes, hard work beats talent on most nights. Sports proven it. You know, how many times in the playoffs have we seen a team outwork who we think is going to be the president, who is the president's cup or president's trophy winner and beats them in the first. These aren't surprises. Like it's no, it's, they're no longer, you know why that people call, you know what the great thing is about cliches is there's fact in it. But that's what I want to see from this team. Like I saw this one tweet actually made me have a little laugh is Mitch Marner and the Leafs in their post game press conferences play more defense then than they do on the ice. Just give me effort. Just give me the effort. Like, the game against Arizona, they played the last 10 minutes of the, like, they played, what, the first 10 minutes of the game, like, the game mattered, and they almost won it. But as soon as they want it, they don't want to play, you can tell when they're they're not going to have a good night. That's my problem. Is there, they're consistent in their inconsistencies. And they're consistent in the attributes that warrant these types of tired conversations because they should be better than that. We shouldn't be talking about music at a practice. We shouldn't be still at this point because we're almost at the end of Mitch Marner's contract talking about his contract negotiations. We shouldn't be talking about a snotty kid that can't take criticism this far into his career. We shouldn't be talking about how this team with a core group of guys that have been in the league for seven years can't recognize the moment and when they got to give, and when they got to give a full effort, but they have to give a full effort every night. You're not going to win. You're not going to win, but But leave the sweat and blood on the ice. But okay. Let, let all, I'll rephrase. You just lost. When was it? When did they, when did they go to Vegas? They went to Vegas. They lost, right? Vegas pulled yep. them out the door. Vegas outplayed them completely. They go in and they get to stay in Vegas. Right? Yeah. They knew that they were they were staying in Vegas no matter win or lose after that game. 
who, and I'm at, by who I mean, it should come from 34 and 16. Those are the guys that need to take a page out of the book of a Patrice Bergeron, a Jonathan Taves, a Sidney Crosby and say, boys, we're going to have fun tonight. We're staying in the, the plane, plane staying on the tarmac, boys. We're in Vegas tomorrow. To quiet ourselves, to make our lives easier tomorrow and on in, in the coming days before we head back to San Jose, let's give it our all tonight. Let's, let's really go the extra mile to press hard against a good team this they should note that Bruce Cassidy has given us problems. They need to manage themselves better as players. I'm not talking about coach. I'm not talking about GM in that room. If anyone who's played hockey in any, at any level, whoever, not even hockey, whoever's been part of a team knows that there's always moments in a locker room where no coach, no trainer, no one's in that room, except the group of players that are playing that night. You would be amazed at how many times that actually happens. So they need to go and have those discussions more often, honest discussions and say, we need to bring it tonight because if not, we're gonna make our lives a hell of a lot harder. And there's no one there, it seems like, there's no one there to say, look, there's a lot of noise around this team right now, let's go shut them the F up. And, and, and go out and show what we can do. They had, a, they had a chance to do it in Vegas. After they flopped in Vegas and stayed in Vegas, they had a chance to blow it off, the doors off a shitty San Jose team, and they didn't, right? And then you're going into LA, and you the, that's an up-and-coming team, and you didn't again. And then you had another chance against Anaheim to say, look, boys, it's been a shitty freaking road trip. Let's go out there and beat the shit out of the 32nd best team, like the, the worst team in this league, and quiet everyone down while we fly home to, to Toronto. And they blew a lead. So I'll, I'll tie this back in. Like, oh, I, I was going to talk to Sean Selden, Keith, but we could talk about him at the end before we wrap up here. But we're, 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 I do want to touch on him, but the star players are the focus for me on since the beginning of the season. And I'm getting very 2019, November 2019 vibes here, Pat. If you remember November 2019, that's the year that Babcock gets fired. And everyone was talking about Dubis. Like, I remember vividly. Dubis and Babcock never got their, never got uh, on the same page. This is Kyle's problem for not bringing in the guys Babcock wanted. And look at this team that's both, like, freaking shit in the bed and all that garbage. And I'm thinking to myself, what was I thinking? Of? Like, I'm, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, what was I feeling at that time? And I'm feeling the same thing that I am now. This, where are the star players to drag this team out of the abyss? Because every team that's at the top of the standings have their best players leading the way. I'm going to give you, Pat, these are the top five teams in the NHL right now. Okay. Well, actually there's more, but there's a tie for like, uh, for fourth best team in the NHL right now is Boston. Eight and one 
okay? At the time of this recording. Do you want to know who Boston's leading goal scorers are, point scorers are? David Pasternak, David, uh, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Jake, Jake DeBrusque, Hampus Lindholm. Their number one defenseman, their number one winger, their number one center. Leading the way. Pasternak's got 17 points in nine games. Second place, Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel, 10 points in 10 games. Chandler Stevenson, second line uh, player, eight points in 10 games. March or so, eight points in 10 games. Mark Stone, eight points in 10 games. Shea Theodore, seven points in 10 games. Okay. Carolina, third place. Martin Nekash, top six forward on the team, 13 points in nine games. Andrei Svechnikov, first line left winger, 10 points in nine games. Aho, 10 points in nine games. Brent Burns, nine, seven points in nine games. So I just listed off the top three teams in the National Hockey League. Who's driving the bus for them? Is it the bottom six guys that everyone seems to complain about in Toronto? Is it Carolina's version of Justin Hall? Is it um, Boston? Like Boston has McAvoy and Marshawn out to start the year. Still, they're eight and one. Because they have built a character and a culture within that team led by their star players to say, if you are jumping on this bus with us, you are expected to bring a level of effort, skill, and will to this team that is unlike any other in the National Hockey League. If you are not going to meet that standard, you will not play for the freaking Boston Bruins. There is no one on the, on the Leafs right now that is doing that. There's no one. The Toronto Maple Leafs are really, really struggling, but it's not because of the Pierre Engvalls and it's not because of the Justin Halls. They've been bad. Don't get me wrong. But we wouldn't nearly be focused on them at all if our star players were playing as good as the other star players in this league. Connor, like the Oilers. The Oilers have gotten shitty goaltending from Jack Campbell. They're six and three. And Excuse me. The reason why Connor McDavid averaging two points a game, Leon Draisaitl averaging just less than two points a game. They have their star players dragging them in a dragging them across the finish line when other areas of the team aren't delivering to their capabilities yet, and that's why you have star players. Austin Matthews has one point at five on five this year. He's got two one even strength goal. Nylander two even strength goals. Marner, two even strength goals. Sorry, Matthews has three even strength points in 10 games. That's just not good enough. Just not good enough at all. And until these star players start playing, until our, to quote Sheldon Keefe, and I ain't walking this shit back, until our elite players start playing like elite players, we're going to still be having this issue. And it's going to frustrate me to no end because we're, we're going to be talking about how Wayne Simmons is getting demoted to the Marlies because Pontus Holmberg's coming up and Sheldon Keith's trying to tinker with the bottom six. Like, no, we wouldn't be talking about this if we just had our got our best players be our best players and they haven't yet. And it's no, very but, frustrating. But that's the problem, right? Like that's always been the problem is like the series against Montreal should have been a winnable series. You know, even with the unfortunate incident with John Tavares, Matthews and Marner were not present. Columbus, William Nylander and Alexander Kerfoot almost dragged that Leafs team to victory. Where were the others? Right? Like, it's, it's unfortunate. It, it really is because 
when Matthews and Marner, and you know, first came into the league, there was all this excitement. You know, the first three years, it was like you could see the promise of what they could be, right? And you know, unfortunately, the Leafs have you know had to play three of the last four Stanley Cup finalists. But at some point, you have to elevate your game, and at some point, it needs to start from game one because. The work ethic that you develop over the eight, and this is the part that frustrates me when people are like, I'm going to, I wish I could fast forward through, through the regular season and go right to the playoffs. No, habits are established during the 82 game season. And one could simply argue that the regular season is harder to win than in the playoffs. We, we see more upsets and teams c- catching lightning in a bottle in the playoffs than you do in the regular season. Like every year, there's a Cinderella team, but that that can't be an excuse for Toronto anymore. You know, at some point they need to put up their their adult pants and just get to work, and not worry about the criticism because the criticism is warranted at this point. Like, why are you defensive when a, a reporter's asking you a difficult question? Own it. We suck tonight. We need to do better. What, what has upset me is it shouldn't take the general manager. It shouldn't take Brandon Shanahan. It shouldn't take, you know, Sheldon Keefe for the leaders in this locker room to call a team meeting saying, who wants to stay on this bus and who's, who's getting in our way? If you can't handle the pressure, there's the door. Do you think, it, do you think that the way that they've been condoning themselves in the media has been like, it must be coming from the top. Like I think. That no, it's the players. They're, they're enabling okay. themselves. Yes, but like it, it's gotta be. It's it's gotta be coming from the top in the way that the I think what the the man the senior management is telling him is that like just say these things to she, like take the shield off, like take the blame off of you guys and point it upwards because I think what management management seems very concerned about the fragility of the one particular star player's mind and his, and the way that he deals with criticism, not just in the, like he's, but you're not, I'll, but I'll, you, I'll, I'll, I'll just call him out. Mitch Marner. That's the guy who we're talking about. But, and we are all like, I, I am specifically very frustrated with the coddling, the, the issues of being able, like everyone's, it, it's, Seems but, like it long, but it started a long eggshells. But it started a long time ago. But it started long. Yeah, right off the hop. It's like yeah. So so that so does that that is that worries me that I I understand that it, it's been noticeable since the contract negotiations. But look, I'm just gonna I'll, I'll just bring up some quotes first before I get into it. But like he talks today about not not like not using social media and he calls it poisonous. And right? that's fine. I'm fine and with he, that. But he does reference, and Sh- Elliot Freeman has made reference to this. Uh, Darren Dreger, who was sh- basically shilling out for Marner during contract negotiations, has made reference to this, is that the people that in Marner's circle are the ones that are giving, telling him everything that is said about him. And it is hurting that kid. I call him a kid. He's a year younger than me. He, I, it is hurting that guy. It is. Marner mentioned, he literally said today, I watched a clip before we started recording this podcast, Pat. He says, 
yeah, I don't really pay attention to the social media stuff. I'm mainly off it, but, um, my dad, my dad sees it all. And, and then Mitch immediately right after says, yeah, but my dad knows not to tell me about that stuff. So I'm sorry, but I just, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that your dad, okay, let's just focus on the father for a second. I don't believe that, like, I talk to my dad almost every day, basically every day. And there's no way that you have, uh, you have your, a, a dad that is listening and reading, watching everything that's said about you. And he is, and we all know about the way that his dad acted. Uh, in that do- like that short documentary, we there's no way he's br- not bringing it up to Mitch. So but, Mitch is saying like, but I think, I think we're it, getting like, lost like, in the weeds. He's trying like, to avoid ideally, it, but it's, it's still coming back to him. But but I think we're, we're getting lost in the weeds, Anthony. It, social media is not the only area where he's where he should be getting criticism. Like I remember earlier on in his career, he would have a bad game, and the media's reflection was or reflex was let's blame Nylander. Let's find something about Nylander's game. Or let's find something yeah. bad about Matthews's game. It was like this immediate reflex that no one could say anything bad about this kid. That's why we have what we have. It's not even about what he hears on social media. You don't think that's tied is, to the way no. that the, 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 no, the because way that he you earn, praise or no, because you earn praise and you earn criticism, right? So the way I look at it is, is if you're playing well, the praise he he's earning that praise, right? Like. We really lost ourselves in the weeds if we really think that, oh, my God, his dad said that some Joe Schmo with five followers and an avatar is, is bashing Mitch. And that's going to we've we've lost it. We've lost. I, I don't think I don't I don't think it's the on a, the uh, anonymous people. Pat. I think it's no, the, no. But but it's no, people, I'm not saying I'm not saying anonymous. Media, I'm saying just in general. I think, I think it. I think it's mainstream media. I think that I really it, do think that his circle is going out to these mainstream media people and like. I and and making their voice heard about the displeasures about what's said about him. Like I, I really do think like that Elliot might be Freeman happening. Came out and said Elliot Freeman came out and said that what the the elite players comment thing and, and Keith walking it back. Friedman said essentially that was for Marner, not saying that Mitch had a problem with it, but he felt like he had to walk it back because he knows how sensitive Mitch but is. But that's but but that's the problem, and, right? And so if Mitch is sensitive, right? Do we that has to? I, I can't not make the connection to his family that is no, it doesn't it should, publicly it, known it, to, to listen to this, shit but it shouldn't matter to the reporter. But that's the problem, Anthony, that, and say that they have a problem with it. But that's the problem, we're getting lost in the weeds. That shouldn't matter because if he's playing well, no, there's, there's no criticism, right? Like the only way that you can. Push back but against. it makes the lows lower. It makes the lows lower, and the, no, it, and the, but it, and but it shouldn't it though. Does. But it shouldn't though, right? Like, star well, like players. I, I agree star that players, it shouldn't because he's a grown players, ass. He's a grown but, ass man. But star players in every market. Like, you don't think that Connor McDavid, when the Oilers weren't making the playoffs, wasn't catching heat, right? Like, for sure you should. That's sure but that's is. but that but that's the problem. Like, if a, if a player can't take fair and objective criticism it's not on the person that's making the criticism it's not on the group that's relaying the criticism to the particular person it's how that person receives it is the problem 
right? It's become this instant crutch that he's able to use is, oh, I can't handle criticism. So don't like treat me with white gloves. That's not how this works. We've lost, we've, we've completely lost this player if that's how we have to treat him. I really do think that, that there's a risk of losing in that. But case. Anthony, but he's going to go, if, was, let's just say he goes to a different team and he does the exact same thing. Every market, he's going to face criticism. You can't bubble wrap a player because he can't handle receiving a criticism. Like the game against, was it? So then, the game so then they need, against, go ahead, sorry. Like, he has two giveaways. He gets benched for one shift. He has a temper tantrum. So that, so that, like, let, let's jump man. in. Like, I don't think, I don't think, look, people are going to say, you leave, like, you leave the bench, that, that and then you're, you're not going on the ice again. There's, like, personally, I would have benched him for the rest of the game, not because he went to go break a stick in the tunnel. It's because he just wasn't like one shift. I don't believe one a one shift benching matters. No, not and to that, him. And, and that's a criticism on Keith for me. But it's and not I, though, Anthony. It's it bec- but one thing it that goes back bad. to your original point is we're coddling one player because we're afraid of what that next domino looks like. Like, yeah, why what if he bench him for the rest of the game? Because why? because, because feels, we don't because he feels he'll lose the player. And if you're no, but, but if you if you can't handle getting that's on the player. The but that's so not the, on the no, coach. No, no, right? it isn't. I, I think Keith has to own part of that because Keith needs to say, you know what? We need to keep the at some t- point you got to get baptized by fire. We have been coddling him and it hasn't worked. So but why Anthony, cannot but what we if, not what, go what if the, what if the because what if the domino is he's not happy and he doesn't resign and that impacts Matthews resigning next summer? Eventually they have to talk that all up. I think that's I think that's what But that's the that, domino that's the, that everyone's the, operating that's, under. That's the giant predicament, Pat. And that's kind of where I want to get this overall discussion to, to towards is that he this whole thing about Mitch and the coddling and the afraid to hurt feelings and the afraid to be honest in front of people and the media and the the parents and what his dad reads and what he's t- telling him or not telling him, all this shit is being focused on because he can't, he is not handling it well. And it is not just affecting the talk that we talk about off the ice. It's affecting the on ice play because you can't split Matthews and Marner up. Apparently. Why doesn't Keith do that? Is it because I, now I have to, now I have to wonder if, if it's because he's afraid he'll, he'll lose Mitch. We throw William Nylander on the third line to get to get depth scoring, and it doesn't help. So why can't Nylander? Like we know, it's what pisses me off is that we know that Marner and Tavares work. That second line has not been good enough on both sides of the puck for a long time now. We've tried Kerfoot, we've tried Robertson, we've tried Yarncroke, we have tried a lot of different players, and. I said at the beginning of the season, Pat, I remember Sergio was on with us and I said that second line needs to work because that is the structure that this team is built on, is having two strong lines. Why is Keith reluctant? But it's not to Keith. It's, but that's the problem, Anthony. It's not the coach. Like, 
we just spent how long of this last podcast discussing Mitch's issues with confidence. As a coach, he doesn't want to lose his job because he's benched one of his best players. That's where we're at, Anthony. That's the real topic. So when I say so, yeah, you, that, that is the real we topic, need to get freaking problem. We need to cut through, but we need to cut through the weeds. All this talk about Keith not being harder, being too hard, or however you want to slice it. That's not the problem. We're, we're looking at a symptom, but that's not the disease. The, the, the real disease is we have players that can't take honest, objective criticism. It tanks them. And I've always said this. Don't say players. The Matt. reason it's one, why. It's one player. It's one player. It's one. I, 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 it's one player. It's one player. But that's the problem because he's been given a longer leash because this fan base has its whipping board. And that's Nylander. Why, it, why does one missed play by Nylander, maybe not a, like not a strong backtrack, a uh, five-second clip get overanalyzed for an entire week? And yet we're, we're talking about Marner's two giveaways, maybe five minutes on the, on the next day's sportscast. Why did that we, we essentially bully one player and treat the other with white glove? And we've always done it. That's the it, problem. I, I, I think it has to do with, and I, 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 don't, I don't want to get conspiracy theorists on it, but I really do think that, look, he, his camp has ties to a lot of people in this city a lot of media members in the city know who his who his family is he's got that foundation they've obviously spoken or they're not, getting do, quotes or they're getting behind on. this or they're getting information so hold on let me finish my point i really do think that the 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 white glove handling of the way that of the criticism around the player is because is because this the 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 family and the camp has ties to a lot of media members in this city. The radio, or the threat the, is, or the threat the, is he's leaving. That's the other leverage that they've got, right? Well, Pat, if he wants to leave, like, man, go. But really, like that's that's like, the leverage he's got, right? So, like, so, so this is the thing about what Dubis has to maneuver here is that, like, Dubis has has a, a good relationship with Matthews by all accounts. Austin really seems to like get along with Mitch. They're really good friends, Sim- similar to how um, with Bunting, right? They want to keep that line together, but right now it's not working. And we're worried about Austin Matthews and whether he signs or not. And I don't, I just don't think that taking Marner off his line for 10 games to see if it works is, is gonna risk losing austin matthews i just think that it i i, I think but, what's but more I, I important think, is winning is, games what's more important is winning games Pat. but not so cut and dry is as a coach you can't afford to lose the room you make your top two stars unhappy then you have a larger problem with the supporting cast around it that's what they're banking on. They're banking on Mitch and Austin finding their games together and making that what propels this team moving forward. What they don't want is the opposite. 
is they don't want their two top stars disgruntled because they don't want it to bleed into other players' games. So the best sure, way to contain Sure, but I, I just don't think that Marner taking Marner off Matthew's line is going to disgruntle Austin. But, but, that's what, but, but that's what you're thinking as a fan. We don't know the in-dressing room dynamic or politics, right? We don't know what that move would do. And what if it doesn't work? Because we're assuming that when we make these moves, we're assuming the best case scenario is that it's going to work. Job. If I'm the coach and I'm looking at my personal self-preservation, pre- um, I'm going to go with what worked last year. Why, why, why not just go down the hill? Why, why take that act? Like if I'm Keith, why am I taking that extra step, putting my neck out for this guy yet again? Especially if it doesn't work. Because then the criticism shift to Keith. Why did you break up your two star players when your team was in a rut and you needed goals? That's problem. at the end of the day. So I think we might have just lost Pat. I will try and get him back. But I think for what he's trying to say is is that he we have the we have a star player here. Apologies, oh, a little bit wait, of technical difficulty. Oh, sorry, Pat. I was just I was continuing on here with your thought about with Marner and Matthews, but um, continue. Go ahead. No, my apologies. A little bit of technical difficulties got booted out. Um, but it does. It, at the end of the day, it's always on the players. It's how we perceive them is what we see on the ice. The effort, you know, going into the corners and retrieving that puck, or if the team's not starting well, who's who's always, you know, who's the one that's going to take the team, you know, by its bootstraps and take it to victory? We haven't seen that moment yet. Like, do you blame Sheldon Keith for Austin Matthews? What shooting at what three percent? Like, at some point, the difficult like it leads back to the easy lazy narratives. Because when shit goes sideways, we look to the GM and we look to the coach. Sometimes the easiest way to solve a problem is sometimes the hardest answer. And that's looking at each individual player and truly asking them, do you want to be here? Can you handle the market pressure? Do you want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? Because there needs to be some pride when you put on that jersey on a night game in and game out. Not going to win every every game. Put an effort. Don't think there's going to be nights where your skill is just going to allow you to skate off with with an easy two points. Because when this team is at its best, it's when it's working the hardest. And I, I just, I, I, it's so easy as a fan. We get so emotional, and we get, we get so caught up in like the weeds and what Keith should do or what Dubas should do, or let's, let's, we all, we, uh, when things go sideways, we instantly look for blood. So that's, that's what we're looking at now. Why not separate Marner and Matthews, but there could be subsequent dominoes. It's, we're, 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 it's like, it's that whole analogy of like, we're so focused on the tree that we lose out focus on the forest. We don't know what that dressing room dynamic is. And if the true, if, if it's true that Keith 
is either on his way to losing the team or the group. I'm not taking that risk as a coach to break up the two stars that, you know, make the stars happy and, and hope that everyone else falls in line. It would be what I would do. Because really the, the toughest decision is trading one of them. If you really want to fix the culture in that dressing room. I think that's where we're headed. I just really, I just don't know if like that, that's not happening um, within this season. I, I don't. No, I don't think, I don't think. No, no, is. but, but what might happen is Nylander might be gone. Nylander will become, mark, mark my word. He will be the casualty if this team goes sideways. Not the guys that we should be. The whole idea of even even being part of the, the four always rubbed me the wrong way. The guy's earning less than $7 million. He's not part of your big four. It's the big three. He's just become everyone's whipping boy. That's why the others have gotten off scot-free for so long. Do you think William Neander could pull a stunt like Mitch Marner has done? No, not a chance. I think I think the I think where we're headed here, Pat, is that he's he, however this season plays out is gonna it's gonna not just decide his job, but what's this what scares uh, what's sorry his job as in Dubis's job, it'll affect Kyle uh, Sheldon's job, and what scares me is that we're gonna have someone come in that doesn't know these players personally. And maybe that's a good thing. Who knows? Because hockey's funny that way where you could luck into a good deal and it might work. Or you make a trade where you actually lose the trade and you have a, a different team that you're actually worse at, but you go win in the playoffs and everything's cured in this fan basis because playoff wins cure everything. But what scares me is that someone comes in and ha- and is going to decimate this core yeah because every general manager wants to leave their mark right every general manager wants the team to reflect them it's it's concerning but but once again though they're doing it to themselves like all this other i'm not saying i don't blame i don't blame anyone but the players let's be clear about that the players have to own this they already got rid of one coach they played to get another coach fired they did and kyle gave it to him not only gave it to him but brought in a guy who was going to tailor to all the needs that that team wanted. Marner and Matthews play together. Halsey play together. Travis Dermott said, guys want to play for Sheldon. Well, what's happening now? What they rewarded with Sheldon is they went on, when Sheldon went on, uh, started, they went on that crazy run until Christmas. And then after Christmas, they absolutely shot the bed. And remember, they were at risk. They, they were in a playoff fight if the COVID didn't come in and make the qualifying round, they were in a playoff fight. So what, what is an issue here and the problem with, I have with fault firing the coaches, it doesn't guarantee a different result. And at the end of the day, I'd rather take a chance with Sheldon as this coach. And even if you don't even trade a core player on this team, miss the playoff, even if you have to, even if, not have to, but sorry, even if you miss the playoffs without trading a core piece on this team and Sheldon and Kyle obviously get fired at that point and someone new comes in and trades uh, a core piece, I'd rather have that than fire Sheldon, someone new come in 
and lose in the first round again. Because at that point, you can, there's more justification to make bigger moves, even if they miss the playoffs, right? Losing in the first round again after making a change would be the ultimate slap in the face, in my opinion, that these players could give. Don't you think? You have like you get you you get your coach fired again, and then if they don't show up in the in the playoffs and they don't win, we're at square one again, and we just fired a coach that had the best win uh, most uh, highest point percentage in uh, team history. But that's what it goes down to the players, right? You've been given so much. Take some bullets for your coach. Take an extra take, body check in a game. Don't take the bullets. Go win games and can make sure that and, and unload the guns. Is I guess what we're, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, it's just right? it's 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 been brutal. And like I said, my whole thing is it accountability. There's there's a lot to be said about personal accountability, and we're just not seeing it. Like I said, they're more they're quick to be defensive in post game press conferences. Why don't they put that same effort on the ice so they're not having to answer tough questions? You know, I'm I'm sure reporter like. How, you know that how I treat it. You know, if if I'm seeing positive things and they're winning, I'm going to report positive things because they're winning. But if they're shitting the bed, game in and game out, I can't report any differently. Like, and I don't have, and I don't understand, especially. And and this is the one issue I have with like the blue and white goggle portion of of Leafs Nation is an objective person will praise where there's praise is due. And we'll criticize when criticism is due. We haven't seen a team that has come out and played a full 60 games outside of probably the game against Washington and the game against Winnipeg. 60 minutes, but yeah. A full 60-minute game. Sorry, my bad. Terrible, terrible math. Um, But that's the problem. And until they give a 60-minute effort on more games than not, I, we can't report anything, and the players can't expect any further question than why Why are you playing the way you're playing? That's hey. it. It's, it's, it's cut and dry. Like, I know as fans, we know when we, we, we do this, we build statues when they're winning, and we're, we're burning them down when they're losing. But objectively speaking, this team has given us more reason to question their desire, not their ability. There's a difference. This is a highly talented group of people. You know, you don't score 60 goals in NHL without having talent. You know, you're not putting up the points that John Tavares and and Mitch Marner are producing if you don't have the talent. But where is it on a nightly basis? I I, I don't know. I just I I think that's what they need to find out. They just need to they need to start something needs to just turn for them where they can but you make your luck. It's like that yeah, old they, adage. It, like, I, I guess, yeah. Right? It's, they, it's the old adage with goaltending, right? It's the old adage with goaltending. You have to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. So be good so you can get those lucky bounces, right? Like, look what hurt them in the game against Arizona. It wasn't the goal that was taken back that hurt them. They should have won the game in the first period. Yeah. So it shouldn't take a bad bounce to make you lose a game should be the point especially it when you're playing teams mis- that are inferior especially when you're playing teams that are infer- inferior to you yes like you know what I mean? the if game, you lose the, on a bad the, balance against boston in game in game 11 of the regular season 
No one's caring. No, one, no, no, no one cares, but now they might because you've shown that you don't deserve benefits of the doubt because you, you don't show up against the inferior teams. Exactly. That's the problem. It's not the coaching. It's not the GM. You know, the, the GM has done whatever his team has required. You, in, a, in a flat cap, go look at the roster that Lou Lamoretto left behind and look at it today. It is structurally better. But yeah. there has to be a desire. That's you have to be fun. good to be lucky and lucky to be good. I think and that's we the haven't... most frustrating thing for me is that I feel like he's Dubas has done everything the right way especially considering what we had in the past we've we've seen there was and i know he's lost deals but there was other than the nick felino deal which is probably the most like eh, i don't know about this one deal that he's made or a draft pick or uh like a trade or whatever whatever you want to talk about i i think that Everyone could logic, aside from the haters that have hated him from the beginning and were never going to like Kyle Dubas, everything that he's done could be logic with at the time of the move, right? Time will always tell you how it will work out and how and who actually. Yeah, hindsight is great. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, I can't remember a move other than the Nick Foligno deal where he's like or I guess the Matt Murray one that most more recently, but there's two deals that he really took a, a risk on that everyone's just like, eh, I don't know. But other than that, everything else is like, yeah, like the move. The, 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 the Nick Felino deal, actually, I should walk that back a little bit. Everyone liked it. They're like, this is the type of guy that we need. A defensive, yeah, a, a defensive forward who, who can help us, who could play up and down the lineup, play center, play wing. This is before we had David Camp. He could be our third line center, or he could play up with Matthews and Marner. And, 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 and everyone really, liked and, it until it didn't work. And it goes back to it until it didn't work. And everyone was happy to see Kadri leave when he, after getting suspended back to back playoff rounds. Like th- there were things that he, d- that were done. At the time, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Trading Casper Kapanen for uh, for the fifteenth overall pick, Lo- everyone loved that deal. Everyone loved that deal. You 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 draft a guy like in Rodian Amirov, who is a uh, who is a projectable top six forward that and a smarter player than and than Kasperi is, and unfortunately, he gets diagnosed with cancer. It's absolutely terrible for the kid, and he's working his way to beat it. But at the time, like we're just, if we're evaluating the, the pure hockey po- portion of the, of, of a deal like that, we're like, yeah, smart. Right. I like you got rid of 3.4 million in, in Andreas Janssen. Could you have gotten, could you have packaged him with Travis Dervit to try and get a Mackenzie Weger? Yeah, I guess so. But who knows what, who, what floor is asking for on the other side, you end up trading Janssen for, kind of a tweener in Joey Anderson, who's still kind of young. He's 24, right? He could still play in the NHL for you if you need to. He's doing really well in the AHL now. But there's all of this to say is that I, uh, myself and a lot of other people that have been following this team for a very long time have been genuinely happy with the moves that he's made at the time. 
And I couldn't say that about any previous GM. And that to me is what's frustrating that it hasn't worked out yet. And it's frustrating that he might lose his job because of it. And even further on top of that is that the players haven't rewarded him for being so consistently on their side and never throwing a player under the bus and taking all the bullets for the players and weaponizing the roster with some cost efficient uh, uh, bargains to allow the players to make the money that they do, like the players does in the star players. He's done everything and it still hasn't worked out for them. And if he loses his job for it, it's going to be a damn shame. It will be a damn but it shame. Comes, but, it, but it always boils down, right? It always boils down to the players and the desire to earn that paycheck. Like talent's one thing, but you have to be able to be consistent with it and show up and, and, and I don't know, maybe with Austin, it might be a little bit of that ribbitry that he received in the cross check, you know, from Ben in the Dallas game. That might be an, a factor. But Mitch has no excuses. Like, we just need the stars to be stars, and this team does well. And, and winning quiets the noise. So I don't know why they continue to want to bring on the heat. I just, I don't. They do it to themselves, and, you know, we've tried to defend them on many a podcast over the last couple of seasons of this podcast. And we're at a point where it's just like, put up or shut up. Like you're not happy with the, you're not happy with the line of questioning after a game show up win. You, you don't like that. A fan is angry with you show up win. you don't like that. The coach is benching you show up win. Leave every drop of blood, sweat, and tears on that ice. You're not going to win every 80, all 82 games. But if you make that your motto and you make that the standard, you will win more than you lose with the level of talent that's in that room. And if, you carry that into the, and if you carry that into the playoffs where games get tighter and you're willing to sweat that much more and bleed that much more, you will gain success. It was funny because, like, when you look at other alliterations of this management group, it's like they're trying to cut corners. With this group, it's the players that are trying to cut corners to succeed. Mm-hmm. The, the manager, it's not, it's not, it's not in this long game. No, it's the players that are trying to cut corners. But once again, some players get off. While others become the whipping boy and the excuses for why the team's losing. And that's why you have one group of player that feels underappreciated. And one that probably is far more appreciated than they need to be. I, you know, like I've always said, and I, and I say this jokingly, but I'm really at a point where I actually mean it. If we could somehow clone a William Nylander and a Mitch Marner together, that's a one hell of a player. Because Nylander doesn't care what people think of him. He just goes out and plays. How many times has he been benched for the exact same play that Mitch Marner has done? Countless times, really. He's he's never buckled in the playoffs. Or when the line's not working, he's the first one to move down to the third line. Yeah, he's constantly everyone's whipping boy. Jonas Siegel said, 
Jonas Siegel said on the Leaf Report that when Marner got sent, when Marner was playing on the fourth line for those four games when Babcock put him there, um, I think his last year of his ELC or the second last year of his ELC, if you remember, we played with Matt Martin a yep. couple times, actually set him up for a couple of goals. The, he said that Marner never got over that. Are we That's serious? terrible. Are That's you terrible. serious, man? That's if terrible. I, like, it, when I heard that, and, if, and I don't know if, you don't, if uh, Jonas has, like, some ties to what, it, like, maybe he has insider information. I have no idea. But if that is true, I know the kid was young, but that's a flag. Like, that's a major red flag. You're telling me that your ego or, or, or and that's, and this is where I can't, I, it's hard for me to criticize Mitch because I know of the situation of the camp that he has around him. So I don't know if it's Marner never got over it or his camp never got over it. So there's a, there's got to be a difference. It's both. At, at, at some point, it, it, you got to merge them together because it's the same thing with the agent thing. Yeah, my I let my agent handle that stuff. Yeah, but, you know, if you really wanted this contract done, you would tell your agent, get it done. Right? So yeah, that eventually, and I think now the time is bet, more, more important now than ever, is you got to merge the two together. And when yep. people say Marner never got over that, maybe that means his dad never got over it, or his. But it doesn't matter, Anthony. We're once but again we're going back to Mitch, we're going back to the weeds. But Mitch has but, to get okay. over it. The yeah, father gotta, doesn't gotta matter. You're an adult. Your father doesn't matter. The agent doesn't matter, Anthony. That's the problem. We're taking we're taking him off the hook. His father doesn't factor in when Mitch is on the ice for sixty minutes. Mitch has to get over it, not his dad. We don't, we're, we're not in the business to make Paul Marner happy or his agent happy. You're right, but Mitch, Mitch's, ment Mitch's mental makeup right now but, is, but that's is, is on affecting, is, that's, is affecting that's, this team. But that's and, not and, on his and father. At the end of the day, okay, but then at the end of the day, then Keith Dubas need to figure out how to get through that. Because no, that it's, is, not a, it's not on them. It's on yeah, they do. The yeah, they player. Okay. No, okay. they don't. We're, if the okay, player well, chooses to continue to, to pout it. and be victim, Mitch needs to get over it, man. Because at the end of the day, he's an adult. He's married. He's got a successful job. Makes millions and millions of dollars. There are people that would kill to have his job. It's on him. It's on the individual. Playing this victim mentality, oh my God, what was me? And enabling that only makes the problem worse. The only, the only way Mitch is going to get out of this is if he owns it. Yep. I, I, I guess. like, like Self-accountability. Like, Self-accountability. You can't. You can't. It, man, like in every career, in every job, no matter what walk of life, man. It's not on the boss to make sure you're happy every day. It's your boss to make sure that you, you get to work and, and you're hitting your goals and they'll offer you pointers and tips. But man, Mitch has been given so much. At some point, if that's what's holding him back, that Mike Cook in the second year of his ELC put him on the fourth, if that's what's holding this kid back, we've got a problem. But it's not with management and it's not with coaching. 
because we've seen players do more with less. Nylander's done more with less. And he takes the criticism that the other two should be getting. And he still gives more. That's my problem. If it's no longer management, Anthony, if it were management or the coaching, the entire team would act like this. But it's not. Um, when I say management, Pat, I'm more focused. I'm focusing on the fact that but it, your, it, your jobs are on the line. But they can't. But, that, off, but they can't. They can't off, change on, the player. Let me finish. Let me finish. Sure. Your job's on the line, based off the team's success. So if but you're you if your if your job is tied to the success of the team, and we are also agreeing on the fact that this player's mental makeup is affecting also the play of the team, there's a causality there. But he's got to move. That's yeah, the sure. solution. Okay, but you can't do that now. But that's the problem, Anthony, right? The yeah, only that's card the issue. that you, the, the, the issue is card... that they have to make it work for this year, then if you eventually decide that he but has to. But they can't. Move. He has to make it want to work. It's a, for, for, it's a him issue, Anthony. How much what what more can they give him? Do they want do, does he expect them to grab his hockey saying, stick and, and make the pass or not cough up the puck at the blue line for him? No, but I'm saying that. If you if you're gonna have to deal with this, where it's like, my point is, is that if Marner won't be able to handle uh, splitting from Matthews, right? If you can't do the job to your full extent as a coach by splitting up your top two guys because you're afraid, hold on, if because you're afraid of what another guy will say, right, or think or do. Yes, that's on Mitch because Mitch is the one that's getting affected by that, but. But that means that you have to find another way to improve the roster. But so that but then does fall gonna, on Keith and Dubis is what I'm trying to say. But it, but that's not you need the to, case. You need, you need to, and you need if you can't split Mar if you can't put Marner with Tavares and Nylander with Matthews because you're afraid of what Mitch will say, then you need to find a way to make no, Tavares and Nylander work. But that's not the. But once again, you're letting Marner off the hook because the minute Marner becomes a problem, for the time it becomes being, a Tavares yes. and Nylander issue. No, that's not yeah, how you be, fix yeah, this. Because for the, you for don't the, you don't project the, the problem being, onto Pat, someone you, else. Yeah, but, but you that doesn't. But, but you can't but trade why, someone in the middle of the season. We're, we're, but that's why Anthony. But Anthony, that's why we're at where we're at with Mitch. So then, Is how do you fix it? Then how do you? He's got to fix it. He has to fix it. Okay, how does he fix it? How does he tough it up? Okay, that's except that there's going to be criticism, and go on the ice and give an effort. That's an oversimplification. Every night. In my it's no, it, it's it is an, not. It's a, it is an oversimplification. No, it's not. If he showed an effort and the team started to win, nobody cares. But no one's going to grab his stick and play the game for him. No one's going to kick him in the ass prior to every game and say, fucking show up. Because we've treated him with white gloves is why we have the problem that we have. It's too late now. It should have been corrected. And, I, and, and if there's one thing that I'll give Mike Babcock credit for is he tried to. 
That's why he put Mitch on the fourth line. But if we're still talking about a demotion in the second year of his ELC, at this point, it's not management, Anthony. It's the player. Suck it up, buttercup. Just play the game. You earn praise with your results. You earn criticism based on effort and results. Because if you're not giving me results, give me effort. Don't make me wish that you had more to give at the end of the 60 minutes. Give it your all. You're not going to win. And I've repeated this throughout this entire podcast, Anthony. They're not going to win 82 games. But leave everything on the ice, all 82 games. And if you can carry that attitude into the playoffs, you will win more than you lose. Because that's the, that's, those are the intangibles that win you a series. Dig deep. How many times have we said in, in, in the series against Columbus, in the series against Montreal, can we literally look at those two series and say that Matthews and Marner dug deep? No. But no, that's not can't. on coaching. But that's not on the coaching and management. That's on the players to do it. Yeah, I think, look, I, 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 again, I think that we're just going to, we might, for the sake of time, we might just have to agree to disagree on, like, after, the, after we get over the fact that Mitch needs to get over his issues. How do they move forward? I think that's where we. He move has to get over his game. issues. That's the only way we move forward, or so he's then, gone. Okay. That's yeah. the, so. those, those are two. Those are the two at this point, right? It's either he matures and accepts. Once again, it goes back to that old cliche: too much is given, much is expected. He asked for that contract. He asked to be that lightning rod when he did what he did in those contract negotiations. Well, now that the heat's turned up because you got that money and you got your desired line, mate, now show me why you wanted that. We're not giving out consolation prizes in the league. Win it. Win the division. Win, you know, win the president's trophy. Win the conference. Win a couple rounds. And we're not having this conversation, Anthony. But it's, all, it's never come down to talent, and that's my problem with him and this group. It's, it's not about talent. It's always been about effort. That you can control. You can control the amount of effort you put into a game. You can't control the result. You control how many fucks you give in every game. And can you handle the criticism? When you have a shitty game, and that's not what we've seen. Yeah, that's it. That that is, I, that's one of one of the main points. Is that it's that like right now it's snowballing, and they need to get out of it. And it seems like they're getting defensive in the media. That's not a just, good sign. They have to own it. Yeah, that's the sign of maturity. And and, and, and I actually should say like, and just to. Before we end here, I Mitch did take accountability today, and in the presser, he basically took blamed himself for the entire loss, which is and fine. that's fine. That, I, like, I'd like, rather and, that, and, and I'd actually like that. I do like that about Mitch that he did that today because I'm sure that's not easy. 
No. But what? But, what, but that. But that's what where you. Need, that's where you're tough in your skin. Well, in terms of moving forward, then I think what needs to happen is like, you need to leave no doubt. And I, mm. I guess I'll, I'll coin this term going forward because I think that it actually is very applicable to the to the situation of the team and the roster. Is you have to when you're in your play, leave no doubt, and that means don't let Pierre Engvall or Justin Hall be talking points in in the overall discourse of the team. Don't let them make be be on the headlines of oh trade this guy or trade that guy. Because the at the end of the day, it's the star players that are gonna have to drive this team the entire way. That's how winning teams do it. In your play, and I've taught and I gave you the stats at the beginning. I'll just kind of to tie it all together by making this point. When the star players leave no doubt, nobody's worried about the bottom six. Nobody's worried about the backup goalie. Nobody's worried about the the eighth defenseman, the sixth defenseman, whoever. Star players, when they're star players, they usually paper over all that. Like it's it's an umbrella over the entire team. So that's all I really have to say, Pat. I know. I, we, we've we've gone a little uh, a little long, but uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, everyone will appreciate this old little therapy session. That this uh, has been it's been great to vent. To I actually feel better about venting. Yeah, I, I do. Lie. I, I feel I, I do feel better too. It's, you get you can you to, get the anger out of your system. Yeah, you get you get the anger out of your system. But you know, thanks everyone for listening. Um, definitely, you know, participate in our um, Halloween slash November contest we have. Um, we're collecting donations for Movember Canada, so definitely look out for that tweet. And um, yeah, thanks everyone. Anthony, thanks again for a wonderful show. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll do this again next week.